everybody. I'm Adam Hergenrother. This is Business Meets Spirituality. We believe in personal growth, consciousness growth, just growth in general, right? Just 1% growth every single day. Actually, I woke up this morning and my son looked at me. He was actually listening to our podcast and Hallie's here too. Hi, Hallie. Hey. <laughs> right? And uh, we were listening. He was listening. He came in here and on Wednesday, especially during the summer, my kids are in here. So if you ever hear them, that faint noise in the background while listening to our podcast, kind of going in and out of the room, um, my daughter's in here right now. Like you may hear that door shut uh, here and there. Um, or them laughing but it's funny because you don't think kids are listening to you all the time and mm-hmm. then this morning when I was doing it, he's like you're gonna do the podcast today because Wednesdays they kind of come in Hallie's like yeah it's great they come in um, but like when they're when they're when they're there he was he's like yeah he's like last time we told me I heard you say in the podcast you just need to get one percent smarter and so I just try to get one percent smarter every day and I was like man then listen to it yeah, I, I, they, I don't remember you saying I know that. I know it was there um, but Question from a listener today. Yes, we do have a question. I thought this was a really good one because I actually didn't know the answer to it, which is, you know, I usually know the answer to everything. Yeah. So the question was, what is the single worst advice that you've ever gotten about growing your business? And then we'll go into what's the best advice. What did you think? What I was actually I think, curious. So the the best advice, I, I that one was easier for me. Yeah. I, I know that one. The worst advice, I, I was like drawing a blank mm. on that one. I was like, was it, I mean, I remember, I know some bad decisions that have been yes. made, yes. <laughs> but that's yes. a, that wasn't necessarily based on any advice. That yeah. was just more, maybe we didn't get enough advice mm. on those. Um, well, you know, that kind of, this isn't the answer, but part of it can be is that you may not have enough information to actually make a decision. And that is bad advice in itself because you're taking it and listening to yourself. Yes, it could be be there. But for me, when when somebody asked me that question, I remember early on when I first started um, in real estate, I mean, I I worked as a, as in a job as a, as a commercial underwriter. So I underwrite real estate and then I worked as a financial controller. So I come from a financial background um, and that's what I studied in college. And then the, and then I went into real estate sales, Uh, sales was probably easier for me than financial metrics, but I can still kind of dabble between the two. The, the, uh, on the sales side though, um, when I first started, it was all about like, how much can I work? How hard, like the heart of this. And I remember that, uh, when I, when I got into sales, it wasn't wrong, but it was not good advice. And I say wrong, there's no really right or wrong, but somebody basically told me that like, it's going to be hard and it's, cause that's not necessarily wrong or true. Like it's going to be hard and you have to do everything yourself and you've got to be able to do this. You have to prove to your team that you're doing it. You've got to, you know, you've got to be in there earlier than everybody. You've got to be in there later than everybody. It's basically like if you're not sweating and if you're not crying and if you're not bleeding, like you're not going to be successful. And if you're not in it every day, if you're not there every single day, if you're not, you know, driving every single thing, every moment of every day and you getting your hands and doing every single thing, basically dedicated, you know, I'm, I'm not even exaggerating. That was kind of the conversation. Like, because basically, and that was the advice somebody gave me. Well, you know, there's the other piece to that advice, which I think is quite common advice is I would never ask my team members to do something that I wouldn't do. Yeah. I think that only goes so far. Yes, that's um, exactly accurate. And that's probably some of the advice you got. Like, don't ask your team to do, or well, don't ask someone ex- else to do something that's exactly that you wouldn't right. do. And that's well, what people are telling me. And I don't yeah. you know what I say to people when they say that. I said, hey, when's the last time a pitcher asked the DH, the designated hitter, to come pitch for them? Right. Or ask the coach exactly. to step in. Exactly. They yeah. don't. Yeah. No. And people go, oh, that's different. I'm like, no, that's not different at all. Yeah. But here's the similarity is that that is the coach is doing the work on what strengthens his position. The pitcher is doing the work, what strengthens their position. 
the designated hitter is doing what strengthens their position. So he may sit and hit balls for four or five hours while the pitcher is throwing or icing their arm or getting a massage, right? It's all different. But whatever makes you the best to be able to function on that team is what you need to concentrate on. It's not you need to be a pitcher, a catcher, a designated hitter, and the coach. That doesn't work. And that's what people are trying to do in business. They literally try to be everybody to everything and outwork everybody. And we're specifically, I mean, I think specifically talking about those those entrepreneurs, especially when you're starting out and maybe maybe it's true in like a fortune 500 company i think it's less true there but especially when you're building a business well maybe i also think people in fortune 500 companies have this insignificant feeling that if they if they're not working as hard as somebody below them or next to them that they'll be left out from promotion or they won't they actually won't get it so then they get into this race of like i need to be better than this guy that means i need to do everything this guy's doing and better and so instead of just actually focusing on what you're really good, I think we're getting to a better place. Cause I think that becomes more of a conversation. But in 2006, when I, when, when I started my real estate career that way, that was really the vice. And I remember feeling very inauthentic. Now I wouldn't have used that word, but it didn't feel right. And I'll tell you the moment that it is. So for basically three and a half years and it wasn't wrong. It wasn't right. I worked 10 to 12 hour days, seven days a week. Here's the other thing though. I have to say, I actually enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. So part of that was like, I was proving the world. I was making money. I was, you know, well, maybe you'd also, you didn't know there was any necessarily any other. Yeah. Way. I mean, I didn't know any other way. Like I was just listening and that's what people are saying. So I was just doing it. And, why, and, why was that the worst advice though? Um, because I think there's a better way to do it. Right. Okay. I think there's a better way to do it. Uh, I, I think that's what we're, you know, when we, we talk and about, now we know when, and with the HRG and our expansion teams, that's what we're trying to do. It's like we're basically bringing in, we're partnering with people to get them to focus on a couple things that they're really good at instead of trying to do everything. Right. And then it doesn't have to be this like painful blood, sweat and tears slog through. Exactly. Yeah. Now, is it hard? Yes. Is it, but it's a different type of hard. Exactly. That's, that's what I mean. Like it's not right or wrong. And there's, 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 there's times that you have to just buckle down, right? That's, that's going to happen, but it doesn't, it can, you know, um, Greg McCallan, I think is who who it was, wrote the book effortless just recently. And he kind of demystifies a lot of these things too. Like building a business or being an employee in a business doesn't have to be hard, like blood, sweat and tears hard. It may be time consuming and it may be like stimulating, but it doesn't have to, and like you're putting in the energy towards it, but it doesn't have to be hard. In fact, when you actually get really good in business and any level employee or leadership or any of those things, it actually starts to become harmonious. Yeah. And absolutely. you actually get into this, the flow, right? How many people use that? Right. But you really do like you just get it. It doesn't feel like work. Well, and I was gonna say, actually, sometimes when it does start to feel effortless, I feel that way a little <laughs> bit now. Yes. And I'm like, Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> like now what do I do? Well, because that's the, that's the concept that people teach you on is that right. if it's not hard, then exactly. it's not a value or yes. not worthwhile. So it's not that it's not hard, right? It's hard, but it's effortless hard. Right. And hard <laughs> is also relative because exactly. what we are doing is probably very hard for some, for some people. Yes. And at a certain point, it's not, it's more effortless for us. Exactly. It's more effortless for a pitcher to throw 90 miles an hour than it is for a DH doesn't a hitter to come up there and try to throw 90 miles an hour. Right. right? That's what, that's what we mean by that. It's like, you can get into these flows and, and you can do this in any sports. And you don't have to professional sports understand it. if you're skiing or snowboarding or mountain biking, you get into a flow in that exercise. It just becomes effortless, but you're still pedaling. You're still sweating. You see what I mean? Like you're still working out, but it becomes effortless while you're doing that. Why do you think that um, person gave you that advice of it needing to be hard and where did, in, in which you bought into mm-hmm. to a certain degree, 
Um, so where did that come in for you? Was it like a, a value of yours? Was it a value of theirs? Like, where do we, where did that even come from? Oh, I think I had some deep seated, uh, problems more than that. I think for me, it was about, I just was going to do it. I was, I was out, I would work out work everybody to prove to everybody that I'm better. Okay. And that I needed to prove to myself, then I needed to prove to the world, and then I had to prove to my parents, and then I had to prove to everybody else that I was amazing. So it wasn't like a core value from your family. Well, no, but it was. Work. It was that that um, that that part of me that was not okay that needed that val- that verification drove me to buy into that. Mm, yeah. Because that at the, at the root of it chose me to say, "Oh, that sounds good. I can grab onto that and hold on to it." So then I just put my nose down and just worked through everything. Right? And then you kind of wake up one day and you're like, "Oh, this this doesn't feel right." Right? And 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 you know what it was? And and I'll, uh, I've said this before. It was in 2009. So this was, you know, called three and a half years later. In 2009, I went to a, um, a private mastermind with Gary Keller and there was like, I say private, there's probably a hundred people in the room and Sarah and I were there and she was pregnant with that little one right there, Sienna. Hi. Uh, (laughs) and, um, but it was, it was still, she was still like four or five months away. And I think it was in August and Sienna was born in January even though she was supposed to be born born on Christmas day. Um, but anyway, she decided to come out two weeks late. So she, uh, uh, we were there in the, in the room and Gary, the first opening lines, I think it was like the first four or five minutes. He basically said, he, he literally, um, said the exact opposite. He said, business building shouldn't be hard. It should lead through other people. Right. And it was, it was, I don't remember exactly what he yeah. said, but he it's said something simple, along those lines. Not simple, easy. not e- Exactly. Yeah. Like all these things, like you got to lead with people. You don't have to do other people's jobs. You focus on your, it was all that conversation. And leverage, it was the most leverage, leverage. leverage. It was the most freeing conversation that I've ever heard. You know why? Because I was finally, I was like, wow, I finally found somebody that actually understands how I think. Mm-hmm. Because it was always, you know, what was wrong was in those three and a half years, something was at odds because it wasn't how I wanted to run my life. It wasn't how I wanted to build, but you hadn't necessarily been shown. No, but I hadn't shown it. So nobody, way. I didn't know. I was like, maybe I'm just weird. Yeah. I didn't know what was going on there. And then when I heard that in that moment, it changed for me. And that's when I was like, man, somebody just gave me permission to go be who I am, which is to ultimately lead through people that really actually opened it. It opened my ability to, to actually go and be me, mm-hmm. gave me permission to do that. And then that's, that's the path that I've been on ever since. Right. And I actually got in a relationship with him because, because of that ability to actually free my thinking that way. And it's probably a normal conversation for him. But for me, that was a massive, massive shift in how I saw the world. And it, again, I can't stress enough the permission that it gave me. Right. And then when you ask the question about what is the best advice that I got further on, um, I ended up developing a pretty close relationship with him. And, you know, he essentially told me that like, Hey, you need to go fail often, like really fail. And this is look now people talk about failure a lot more, but in 2009, 2010, people were not talking about it the way they do now. Mm -hmm. Right. The last decade is, is built upon that. But then it was like fail. And, and what he explained, well, here's the difference. It's not about big failures. I actually think business building is about surviving your failures. Right. So the goal is to go out there and fail as often as small as possible so that you can actually survive and learn and learn and then iterate into your business to be able to build it beyond there. Yes. Right. And, and otherwise, and that, that means getting out of, you know, not having very long-term contracts. 
That means making sure that you don't go out there and take too much rent that you can't afford. So if you make a mistake for six months that, you know, all this, like for instance, our healthcare facility, right? We launched it in March of last year. And guess what happened in March? COVID hit. We got shut down $35,000 a month, essentially it cost, right? Yeah. We had cash flow to be able to support it. Right. Mm-hmm. But if we'd done that <laughs> and 10, that years, was 10 ago. years ago, that would have yeah. been a problem. Right. We'd been workout financing. It would have been a challenge. Right. But instead we were able to, to deal with it. Now it's, you know, up and running and cash flow positive again, which is great. Right. So again, the, it's that advice of, of failing small. Here's a great example of this. There was a famous study where they took fourth or fifth graders uh, and they had them basically, they had an hour and they had to go make pots. And they also took a group of college students and they had to make pots themselves too. And they said, here's an hour, go. And they were in separate rooms. And guess what the fourth and fifth graders did? They probably played a derated tried. Exactly. It didn't work. They kept going. They ended up making like, I don't remember, so don't hold it to me. They ended up making like 10, 11, 12 different versions mm-hmm. in the hour. And the last version they made, it was awesome. Yeah. And then when they went to the college group, they didn't even finish it. I was going to say, they were, were they still thinking and planning? Yes, about they didn't the, actually finish it because yeah. they couldn't get an agreement. They didn't do it and they didn't iterate. Whereas the fourth graders were like, let me grab it. And they just started making it. And they started figuring, oh, that's better. And there wasn't ego. They just started doing it. And they didn't, nobody needed to be right. They were just trying to get it better and they kind of worked off ideas. Mm-hmm. And so I always kind of remember that as you're building, which is just like, you have to jump in. Now you need some sort of direction, right? This we're not saying you just start going out there, but it's about failing small. So I was th- going to say, but in that example, it's a perfect example. They had the vision of what exactly. the end result was yes. to be. Yes. And they just figured out how to do it. Yeah. When people say like, what's the best advice, you know, I'm brand new into real estate. What's the best advice to me? I said, go out and fail, <laughs> go out and get yourself involved, like get into it, get into the weeds. I always like and start getting all your rejections. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that's, that's exactly right. Get, just get into it. Like I always, you know, for me, the most anxious time for things is when I'm not actually in the arena. Mm-hmm. I've never said that to you before. Like, like I don't, when I'm not in the arena and I can't get in like the fight, Yeah. like actually like, like being punched in the face, not literally, but you know what I yeah. mean? Like if you're not in it, that the, the time waking the moment getting into it is actually more stressful for me. It mm-hmm. creates more anxiousness for me because I don't know what to respect. Once I'm in it, I can figure it out. I, I don't know if this, you feel the same way, but that reminds me of um, where it's almost like the, before a decision is made, it's that like the, sometimes the thinking, the planning, the waiting for the final decision, that place of almost like feels like indecision yeah. is actually the worst place to be. Yeah. And then when you make the decision, whether it's right or wrong, at least you're taking action yeah. and moving forward that's, or in the arena. That's that's exactly That's exactly right. Yeah. Um, for those different things. So part of that is, is also when you're, when you're, when you're thinking about all that stuff too, I also, you know, where I saw this a lot was with Ironmans, like in the beginning of an Ironman, before we actually did anything, the worst part about that, and you would see, like, if you saw people around there, like waiting before to go swim at like five 30 in the morning, literally you would be in situations where people were throwing up. They were like peeing on themselves. Like they were literally because people were shaking. They were like, some people were crying because there was so much anxiousness built up to like, can I perform? Can I do these things? What is it going to look like? How's it going to happen? all of that. So it became like this crazy, like built up anxiety and anxiousness in there. Mm-hmm. And I could feel it a lot too. I mean, I just learned how to control that better. But the, the thing was, is the minute that you were able to put your head in the water, because in triathlon, you jump in the water first, the minute you jump into there, I guess what happens, it burns away. Mm-hmm. It's like, then you're in the hunt. Then you're so in the race. Like your expect, it's like your expectations of what's going to happen or your it's all of that it's your mind yeah it's it's a fear am i going to perform what's going to happen am i going to hurt if i'm not going to hurt it's just you're you're just in your mind yeah right and that's what that creates instead of just actually when you're in it then you're just actually you can you can perform in it and so that's why that and then that's a great opportunity though like when you're feeling the anxiousness is to let go 
and just also bring awareness when you start feeling that anxiousness to go, is my feeling anxiousness or is my mind walking me through scenarios that may or may not happen and it's, it's Velcroing me. And that, that becomes, you know, that, uh, that challenge that we have in there. So I think part of that, that advice is right to make sure that we are failing small and that failure small puts you in the fight. That's the cool thing about all that, right? It's putting you in there instead of sitting on the sidelines, waiting for something to happen to just happen to happen. It's the, uh, what do you always say? Aim? No. Fire. Then aim. Well, for some people they need to fire and then aim. Yes. For other people, they need to actually aim for a second, then fire. Yes. Yeah. There's a, there's two different things there because some people are aiming and aiming and aiming forever and they never fire. Right. Exactly. And then other people are just firing from the, like the hip all in all, like spraying bolts everywhere. (laughs) And it's like, dude, you need to like aim for like a second before you actually do that. So depending on who the person is, you have to adjust to that. Um, I'm still curious about this worst advice piece. I've got two questions for you where obviously if that person was giving you the advice in their mind, it was good advice. Yes. So where do you think that came from and could it have served somebody in some way and just didn't serve you or is it just not great advice in general? Well, I think all advice serves people. Just what are they serving? That was, that's serving like ego. That's serving a part of you that can grab onto it. See everybody's advice. If people want to believe it, they will. They believe in conspiracy theory. They'll believe right. if, because if it's in alignment with your own beliefs, typically, or, or if you trust the person, or if you trust them, this is why yeah. if people, you know, I'd rather nobody ever look up to anybody and never look down on anybody. If you look up to somebody, you all of a sudden you eliminate what's what they're not doing well. And you just focus a hundred percent on what they're good at. If you, if you focus on down on somebody, then you're forgetting about what they actually do well. So instead just walk into a state of equanimity, right? Right. But we've, we do talk about having good role models in your life. So yeah, I know I've adjust, changed my view about your that, view on that a little bit. Well, I, yeah. there's nothing wrong with role models. Remember, there's nothing yeah. wrong with any of this or I like d- modeling your behavior. Well, when after. I'm, when I'm in, in, maybe you need to, like there's yeah. parts of you that maybe to do that. But my point is like, if we get so concentrated on looking up at somebody mm-hmm. that we may not look at their entire life. Right. Which we, we do just, always we talk just about. highlight yeah. like what's the really good thing about that. that they, I want to, I want the whole thing. And then they may end up doing what I did, which is going to work 12 hours a day, mm-hmm. seven days a week. Right. And that served a part of me that served a part of me that wasn't okay. That needed to feel validation and that, that helped, maybe that helped me on my path. I'm not going to take anything away from that. However, which is why we say, be careful who you take your advice from. Well, that's exactly right. Yeah. Because they're, because you can, you'll buy into advice. Yeah. If somebody, if somebody that you actually respect, right. Because of their most likely because of their financial success in business, just be real here. Right. Yeah. Um, and their or, or their perceived financial success. Right. Or awards, accolades, yes. whatever. There's yeah. been a, there's been a lot of, um, individuals who run very big businesses who have, you know, have, have latched onto certain organizations. And what's really interesting about that is they're coming back now and circling to me and basically saying, Hey, you know, you know, there are certain things that are attractive about these things, but there's no building blocks. There's no advice about how to actually build. And that's what people I think is really, they're looking for is they, they can buy into surface level advice, but then when they get deep into it, they realize that this actually doesn't, isn't really authentic. Mm. It's not really true. Or there's not as there's much no ba- substance value there. there. There's not yeah. the substance there. And so that's why you can, you know, people can sell things for, you know, a, a day training and they pump you up, but it's the working at the root of all of these challenges, um, which was what actually allows you to grow. So the, the advice always serves you, what which is what part of you is it being served? Yeah. I was going to say from that, if that was some of the worst advice you ever got, what did you actually learn from that? 
Well, I, well, what I learned was that it actually can feel effortless and you can be okay with that. That you don't, you actually learn that you don't need to operate that way. Or and there's two things. One is you can love work. That's number one. Cause when you're saying blood, sweat and tears, most people are like, I got to grind. I got to do this. Number one is giving yourself permission to love work. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. You love work. If you, if your work, I'm using the term work loosely. That can be your work as a parent. That can be your work, which is like, I believe like the hard, one of the hardest things to do. Right. But for somebody else looking at the, like my mom, for instance, her work is, you know, she loves being with kids. She ran a daycare. She loves being with my grandkids. She just loved being around it. But then when she sees my life, she's like, I don't know how you even do that. Right. And I'm going, I don't know how you do that. Yeah. So that's why I'm saying I'm using the word work loosely. That could be a teacher, a professor, a bus driver, a business owner, an employee, anybody you're just using, you love what you do. Is, is in, it, sorry, God. in love what you do isn't that it's not the it's not the concept of what you need to have in your life to make it love it's it's that you are you are enjoying the personality of who you are is in alignment with nature's personality yeah i was just gonna say is the word work by definition supposed to mean equate to hard? I don't know, but I think people use the word work and they think that. So I'm actually very careful when like with my kids, I'm like, I love the work. I love to get to go. And it has a lot of meaning to me. Um, and I enjoy the work that we do, but at the end of the day where it's just, it's just part of what you do. Yeah. I just looked up the definition. Yeah. It has nothing to do with being hard or challenging or straining. It's literally just a, but if you were to ask most people, if they thought that yeah. was, that's what they would think work is a specific task, duty, function, or assignment being often being part or a phase of some larger activity. Yeah. So part of that is that when you ask the question, does they exert strengths or faculty to do or perform something? Yeah. Well, you are because you're using your yeah, strength. Strengths. That's the, yeah. your person. Your everyone has a different personality. It's like every animal has a different personality, a different nature. But you're matching your nature with nature's nature, and that becomes an alignment with that. There's still, then it becomes effortless to a certain extent because you're in alignment with it. Look, if the sails on a sailboat are aligned with a wind and going in the same direction, it's going to go a lot faster. If you try to get a sailboat and go in the opposite direction of the wind, it's going to be a disaster. And that's how most people are running their life. Got another question for you. Yeah, shoot. Uh, what's the worst advice you've ever given anyone? Uh, probably early on in my life when I was in that phase was that, that, uh, you know, you just had to, I don't know, somebody can maybe even answer that for you. I'm sure I gave out a lot of bad advice early on or I gave out the advice that I knew at the time. Right. Um, and that's, that's probably what it was. Um, I don't know if I can say it was bad or good advice just because I only could give the advice based on the highest level that I was at, but it was probably something in that, in that realm. I made some decisions that were like yeah. poor, yeah, but, like, right. but probably something around the rounds of like, you just need to go work harder. Yeah. Something Isn't that interesting lines. that that's yeah. maybe the worst advice you got and yet you, and then, but you didn't know it at the time and then yeah. you turned around and actually gave it to somebody else. Yeah. Because you just, that's what you know. And that's the level yeah. you're at. Yeah. You know, we talked, uh, and this kind of goes a little bit with this conversation. Um, a couple of weeks ago in our podcast, uh, maybe some people have listened to it already. You, you asked that we talked about the question where, um, it was about the intention. Remember you and I got into that little, and it was actually a long conversation for about 20 minutes. We talked about how do you know the difference between, um, like, you know, work looks the same, right? Spirituality or consciousness is not about changing what you do. It's about changing the part of you that's doing it. Mm-hmm. And we talked about like the intent. So like the action may look the same where it's like, like somebody building a business is the same action as somebody building a business, but it's the intent behind it. And do you remember that conversation that we got into vaguely? Yes. Anyways, I started thinking about that more uh, and I'm not even thinking about it, just actually journaling spontaneously about it. And one of the things that came to me on there, and I've been sharing this with some people and I thought it was relevant for, for the, for where we're going right now with work too, is also, um, 
the suffering comes not from the action. The suffering comes from the, the expectation of some fruit that you're going to get some, some expectation. The, ex, the suffering comes from having an expectation. You're going to get a fruit of your actions. That's going to make the part of you that's not okay better. So basically the cause of all suffering expectations. Yeah, you can say it that way, but really look how I came to see this and I just see it so clearly now it's like the, that's the part I was missing that when you and I have that conversation was that it's there's like the same action can occur. So you're still me, hiring somebody. I was saying, give me an example. So you're, yeah. you're still hiring somebody, right? Yes. Um, that's part of building business. Right. You can do the same thing. So it may look the same exact action, okay. but if your intent is to hire so that you gain some sort of personal satisfaction to, um, to strengthen the part of you that is not okay. Okay. Versus you can hire somebody to get a result, but that result is not trying to strengthen the part of you that's not okay. So let me just give, I'll give you, I'll maybe just give you one. Okay. So if you hire somebody and you know, they're not as good as you because you're afraid the part of you that's not okay is hiring that person. They're going to hire the person that isn't as good because you're, then that satisfies the part of you that's not okay because you can stay ahead of them. Mm. versus hiring somebody that's much better than you. You have to let go of the party that's not okay to hire somebody that's better than you. Because most okay. people think that they're high. They, well, of course they hired people that are better than me. No, actually, that's not really true. Majority of the time people are doing the first one. They don't realize it. Right. What they're actually doing, the part of them that's making the hire is a part of them that's not okay. And subconsciously, that part is going, that's, that's driving their life. That's ego. That's the egoic side of them. The self-concept of that is driving that part of their life. And it's making them hire people that aren't as good so they can still feel in control. Or you go and you get married and you marry somebody to fill the need of where you're not in control instead of actually having, you know, a relationship where you're there to actually work authentically on yourselves. Two different things. They're still both getting married. They're both hiring people, but it's the part of you that's doing it. And if the part of you that's doing it is not, is the part of you that's not okay, that there's something wrong, there's a need or desire or an expectation there, you'll always be making the less optimal choice. I just wanted to add that piece in and I've been trying to figure out how to do that. And so I thought it just came to me. And so I just shared that because, because people, when I said that distinction, it helped some people actually go out there and take more action, but by letting go of the fruit of the action and, but what did letting go of the fruit of the action? It, It may benefit you. You may get a car, you may get a house from it. You may get money from it, but you're not doing any of that to strengthen the part of you that's actually doing the action in the first place. That's what the, it's the intent. That's what spirituality is about. It's not about changing what you do. It's about the part of you and the reason, the intent behind what you're doing. Hey, thanks for hanging with Hallie and I today and for listening to the show. However, if you are interested in getting a short email from me in your inbox each Tuesday, when a new episode drops, you can. These emails are super short. I just cover whatever I happen to be thinking about each week, whether that's an article or a quote I've shared, a book I've read, or a new product that I'm loving. Plus info on the latest episode of Business Meets Spirituality. If that sounds like something you want to check out, we'd love you to. Just go to adamhergenrother.com forward slash email.